Now we turn now to Georgia's energy supply getting greener. Every three years, the Public Service Commission votes on Georgia's power, Georgia Power's overall energy plan. 2019 version reduces the state's reliance on coal and increases renewable energy sources. Freelance reporter Maggie Lee was there for the vote and in the studio with us now. Hello. Good morning. And also Christy Swartz. She covers ENE for ENE News. That's energy and environment issues like this. Thank you for being here. Oh, good morning. My pleasure. So, Maggie, big news here out of the commission seems to be an expansion of solar energy. What does the new plan say about that? Well, the what the plan does is it um, it directs Georgia Power to bring uh, tw- uh, more than two thousand kilowatts of new renewables online. Now, technically, the program is open to all renewables. You know, that would be solar, wind, hydro, whatever. But if past patterns hold, it'll be solar, and it it will be mostly utility-scale solar, like solar farms. Okay, so solar installations, not out of the blue here Mm -hmm. in Georgia. Mm -hmm. One industry report notes a 66% increase in that renewable in Georgia in 2018. Part of it is because the PSC has been nudging Georgia power in that direction. Here is Public Service Commissioner Tim Eccles speaking on GPB's Political Rewind. Our theory was that if we put Georgia Power at the head of the table on this and we gave them an opportunity to make some money off of it, then they would get good at it and they would want to do more. Well, Christy, any indication here of how Georgia Power is responding to the PSC vote and planning to call for more renewals? You know, does it see the economic upside of this? Well, so I listened to that statement a couple of times, and it was very curious to me. Um, Georgia Power is a business, and they're not going to do anything until they study how something's going to impact their bottom line. And what I mean by that is impact it positively. They're also owned by Southern Company, which is a publicly traded company. So they answer to their shareholders and they answer to, to Wall Street, and Wall Street is, is relentless. Um, the cost of solar has fallen dramatically because of technology changes and changes in the panels and in the installation and all of that. So solar and other forms of renewables are becoming cost competitive with other types of fuel that we're used to, like natural gas and coal. So how did Georgia Power greet the PSC vote, pushing it for more renewables? It's it's something that, um, you know, publicly looks like it was a it was a top down coming down from the PSC. But um, experience always shows that it's a conversation that that was had beforehand. I'm not saying or implying there was there was some sort of secret deal. But my point is, it's very much more of the utility coming and talking to the regulators um, and saying, well, this is what we can do, this is what we think we can do, this is how this is going to impact our bottom line, um, and if the regulators disagree, then they're going to have to hash it out. Well, there has been some significant investment in solar. NPR's Mary Louise Kelly recently toured, traveled to Dalton, Georgia, where she visited the largest solar production plant in the Western Hemisphere. Let's hear a little bit of that. Uh, we've just stepped through a couple of double doors onto the main factory floor. It's about a football field and a half long, getting the lay of the land of the production line here. Actually, three production lines side by side, operating 24-7. Around us, solar cells are getting slotted into frames, workers are checking for defects. I'm trying to wrap my head around the scale of the place. So Maggie, if we're looking at, you know, if you're looking at something on that scale, Hmm. this is providing a lot of power. Are these private investments in these solar farms? Um, yeah, this is this is completely a, a you know a market driven process, and this is something that state regulators often talk about. They're 
they've long been um, wary or skeptical of of any technologies that they see that they think are not ready for prime time that they think you know would possibly drive up rates on your power bill. So I mean, this is this is something that state regulators are are very much paying attention to is market conditions. This isn't you know subsidized in in any way. Well, this is of course uh, Georgia Power is adding about twenty two hundred megawatts of renewable energy into the mix, and hydroelectric power has a decent role in that. Currently, makes up about two percent of Georgia Power's energy mix. So, what is happening with that? Uh, what's happening with hydro is they're just um, it, there's a there's a lot of sort of older hydro plants that are um, sort of reaching the end of their useful life. They create fairly little electricity. There's there's three very small dams above Columbus that, that Georgia Power is um, looking to decommission. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of retooling one more hydro plant, but this, this is just fiddling on the margins. This is not like the big dams at like Lake Oconee or, mm-hmm. or some of the bigger lakes. The, not a big change with hydro in this IRP. Well, so with this IRP, you know, this is a plan that comes every three years and the Public Service Commission votes on it every three years. But how long would it take for Georgia Power to transition to greener options, Christy? It's a this long-term plan is a projection 20 years out. They review it every three years um, just on principle. However, the electricity industry is changing so fast. Um, It's something now that just makes that much more sense. Um, Georgia Power's parent company, Southern, has vowed to make a low-to-no-carbon fleet transition across the states that it serves, which also includes Alabama and Mississippi. They want to do that by 2050, they believe they can do that with their current fleet fairly um, easily by 2030. What is very curious is that Georgia Power's executives um, have testified in open hearings, again, that it that economics come into play on that. And so it's it's something that they're 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 going in a direction that is not exactly parallel is what their parent company is is saying because the economics as you said of solar are getting much more much more viable correct right i mean they it's it's one of those that they've even testified saying you know if coal again becomes economic and the more economic option then that's something that they're going to burn now if anybody looking at what is going on in the market right now would say well that's probably not going to happen and and I am definitely not that person to to weigh in on that, mm-hmm. but how quickly they make that transition is how how quickly they are willing to actually push forward and how quickly they want to become a more innovative utility to adapt their grid, continue to adapt their what they call their their power fleet. They have to make some changes to their business model. That's something that uh, the old cliche is kind of like turning turning a barge. Right, right. So so we're not going to see that in the next three years yes, necessarily. No. But we have been, to, you know, the push to go green includes also in this most recent vote, a, a underlying that is a push away from Whole. What's going on with that, Maggie? I would say it's, you know, market conditions. It's it's the price of natural gas is declining so much that just coal is looking less and less economical. And that's why it's it's you see its share of um, of of energy generation in Georgia declining. It's just the declining cost of natural gas makes coal look 
um, uneconomical. Well, and a coal unit is closing at Plant McIntosh just outside mm-hmm. of Savannah. Mm-hmm. That's just one aspect of the energy production there, right? But to give mm-hmm. us a little overview on what is happening with natural gas, how much of the energy mix is that going to make up? No, no idea. It, it's it's going to make a, it's just going to continue to grow as long as as long as it's the most economical option. Yeah. Well, Christy, it's not just coal plants that are closing. Georgia Power also shutting down all of its coal ash ponds. Remind us of why those are controversial. Hmm. Um, this is where um, the, f- the federal government has stepped in, and now uh, Georgia Power has been working with the, with the state to have the state more in, in control. You know, the concern about ash ponds is, uh, you know, they're, they're basically holding the waste from the coal plants. And so the concern from the environmental community and, and others is how secure these are. Um, are there are there any breaches? Are there any opportunity for breaches? Because then you're getting the waste into the into the ground, mm-hmm. into our drinking water um, and things like that. So it's a matter of how how secure are they? How protected are they through all sorts of conditions, through storms, through hurricanes, through, you know, again, any any possible breach that could disturb the environment? I suppose one of the underlying things for consumers here is the, the possibility of rate hikes. The PSC did not consider those in its most recent meeting, but commissioners will review requests for them in upcoming meetings. So cleaning up these ash ponds, you know, that's going to cost money. Part of the reason Georgia Power wants to charge consumers more. How much does the company want from consumers? Um, their, their ask right now break will break down to um, about $10 for for a typical bill, um, that's the initial ask that's that they've put out there on the table. Um, and again, it goes back to that they they are a business and they have to provide electricity twenty four seven. So in exchange for that, they they can ask to bill customers for that plus plus profit off of it. Um, th- we are in a gigantic transition period. So not only are they having to clean up their coal ash pond, which costs billions of dollars, um, it's a matter of also whether they're they're trying to, um, we haven't quite seen it on paper yet, but, you know, go ahead and transition their their fleet and their and their grid into one that can that can handle newer types of technologies. Christy Schwartz from Reporter for E&E News, thank you very much. And Maggie Lee, who covered the Public Service Commission vote on Georgia Power's 2019 Integrated Resource Plan. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, we did get some nice comments last week on our, um, from a notable figure, let's just say, former President Barack Obama tweeted our interview with rocket scientist Tiffany Davis, who advocates for women and minorities in the field, which shared last Tuesday. Obama wrote, in America, we don't fear the future, we embrace it. 50 years ago, that spirit took us to the moon. Today, it's embodied by people like Tiffany Davis. Well, it aired last week. Um, we got a lot of great comments on that. Lawrence Webster said, way to go, Tiffany. I build missiles, bombs, and rockets for the Navy. The math and theory is mind-twisting, but the reward is with it. Congratulations on your accomplishment. Well, leave us your comment. We might just read it on the air. You can also email us at onsecondthought at gpb.org and leave us a message. We're at 404-500-9457. Up next, learn how a K-pop star got into barbecue. I'm Virginia Prescott. Stay with us for more of On Second Thought.